Welcome to Let's Face the Facts. I'm David Almeida, and I'm your host for this rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I invite an actor or artist friend to watch an episode with me. Join us as we synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show. Hey guys, welcome back. It's another week, another show. Thank you for downloading and pressing play. A little different this week because I am on a time crunch. Uh, I'm not in the studio doing the bumper separately. I'm actually in the interview portion right now. My guest is sitting next to me, and that guest is Wesley Slade. Hi, Wesley. Hey, what's up? Oh, that was... That was almost sexy, but then it turned oh. Muppety. Yeah, well, that's that's very me. Is that, that's well, No. <laughs> a little bit minus the sexy, but a lot of Muppety. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's been on some of your online reviews. Yeah. Sexy, right. but a little Muppety. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, not doing the normal bumper, but uh, Wesley's been a guest before. He's an amazing actor, performer, comedian, musical theater, singer who moves well, puppet master, <laughs> all of the everythings. Before we get started, today, I do want to welcome a new tutti fruity, Jim S. Hey, Jim S. How are you? Jim S. is one of my new sponsors on Patreon. If you want to be just like him and be a part of the ever-growing family, you can go to patreon.com slash face the facts pod, and you can financially support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to get right to it because he and I watched season six, episode 21, Man in the Attic, and the original air date was February 27th of 1985. I know you guys would be disappointed if you didn't get the music, so here's the little Let's Face the Facts with Wesley Slade. This is where I'm going to put the music. Oh, I see. I was waiting for it to play. Okay, shh, sh- it's playing now. Okay, okay, shh, shh. Hi, Wesley Slade. Welcome to the show. Hey, buddy. It is Easter Sunday. We're recording this kind of close to the wire here. Yeah, it is. We uh, we just got done hunting for Easter eggs outside. It was lovely. We had a brunch because <laughs> uh, Wesley is only friends with gay men and his girlfriend. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we, of I course... Like two straight friends. That's <laughs> we... what happens in theater, though. You know, what are you going to do? That's, gonna... that's the thing. So we had a... Um, we had a brunch because we had to. It's required to keep our pink cards. And uh, Justin made a focaccia that was amazing. That, how do you say that again? Focaccia. Focaccia. Justin is half asleep on the couch right now. Well, he's he's actually kind of full asleep on the recliner. No, he's just, I'm half asleep on the couch. <laughs> he goes, I go, how's it going? Focaccia. Uh, we're, we're recording now. We're recording the podcast now. But it's okay. Just lay there in your carb coma, which is where I was about 20 minutes ago, thinking <laughs> I did not know if I was going to be able to record this. But Special guest, Justin Schneier. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in drugs. Don't do school. <laughs> and then Steve Miller made this egg thing with tater tots and vegetables in it. Yeah. It was like we... 
we had a feast, and then I, of course, being the uh, master baker that I am, <laughs> uh, experimented in college and have kept up with it. Uh, <laughs> I made these really cool uh, quadruple chocolate coconut uh, cookie bars. They were very good. They they were. I but, um, just had like a bite, like right before we started recording. I was like, I'm not hungry at all. Yeah, I'm just going to keep eating this a little bit. <laughs> oh my god, it's the fucking worst. As far as I'm, I'm realizing as I get older that I can't do that anymore. I still do do that. Yeah, right. But I can't do right. that you anymore. Do do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't do that anymore and not feel like hammered dog shit. It's yeah, that's kind of how I feel right now. But um, not like not so not so much dog shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe dog like poop, like just a little bit, just a like little a little turd. Not, excrement. Not, yeah, yeah, not like a pile, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. Well, we are going to get ready and do this episode. We are going to synopsize this gem among the gems of greatest episodes ever made of the facts. Okay, I can't even sell that. You know I can't. Yeah, yeah well... Uh, it's so funny because now you just said that, and every time I listen to this, I go, "Oh well, the next time I do it, I'll make sure to like have this in mind when I'm watching it." And I still fucking forgot. <laughs> nope. So okay, synopsis. Um, yep. Give me yeah. Give me that. Do it. Do it. The one minute uh, TV guide, two sentence synopsis. Go. Joe has a boy toy move into the attic, but then realizes she's a lesbian and doesn't want him anymore. <laughs> this week on the Facts of Life. It's it's a very special Facts of Life because it's technically <laughs> Joe um, coming out to herself, though not explicitly stating so. Isn't that the weirdest thing? It, yeah, but no, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but yeah. Yeah, but, but no. no, but yeah, but no, but... <laughs> In the company, you just said that. <laughs> we were talking, Matthew and I were talking Little Britain last week. I think it was on the extras. We were doing all the, yeah, no... We're doing all the voices. All I the- love Little Britain. I only watched Little Britain USA when it came on HBO, and then I discovered Little Britain. Mm. Um, but I wish I could. I, I watch more, but I, I always love that. No, I'm a lady doing <laughs> lady things. <laughs> <laughs> Which like now is a bit dated. I feel it's yeah. It wouldn't uh, play as well today. But the hello, we are two ladies. <laughs> we want to buy ladies' dresses in a ladies' dress shop. <laughs> it's so brilliant. Um, so this episode, uh, thank you for the synopsis. Hmm. It was written by Paul Haggis, future Academy Award winner for the movie Crash and for the screenplay to Million Dollar Baby. Oh. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Wesley's putting on the face now that <laughs> most people, that's like, oh? Uh, I mean, like, not that I, like, I, ha- I haven't seen either of those movies. So I don't know, like, that, you know, he became such a better writer. But it's just, like, one of those things where, like, everyone starts somewhere. So, you know, cool. Yeah. But, and, oh. <laughs> yeah, and, and I like Million Dollar Baby. I'm totally, I am Team MDB. But once you get to Crash, I'm like, there is no subtlety. There is no nuance. Uh, like listeners. in this episode of The Facts of Life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, listeners, I'm sorry. How many times, if you are faithful listeners in the show, have you heard me go off on the movie Crash and why I hate it? <laughs> so I'm going to do it again right now. Here's the... Th- no, I'm not. I'm not. Because we get a lot to talk about here. Yeah. A lot of stuff to talk about. This Man in the Attic episode, directed by John Boab... The guy who does all the directing now, no need to, to talk about him anymore. I didn't realize it was season six. I, I had that written down because I know that you had probably told me 
But then when I was watching it, I was like, oh, God, wait, when is this? How, mm-hmm. how is this? Because the last one I think I did with you, I mean, God, must have been like season four or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, it was like the worst episode, so I don't really remember it. <laughs> it was like not even like funny bad. It was just bad. Oh, that was the that was the backdoor spinoff with the please don't ever die, Harry, or whatever, like, you know, the Rita Moreno No, spin-off. that was the Golden Girls. No, that wasn't the Golden Girls. You're a liar. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, Jesus, you're right. That I watched was... that with Dana. I didn't watch that with you. <laughs> <laughs> I just... No, 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 but there was a backdoor pilot thing. It was like a... It was a family, a guy... It was not. It was not a backdoor pilot, but it was help from home. Uh, it was season four, episode 21. It was the one where Joe goes home and we met her family. Okay, right. Okay, yeah. and I, I think I remember just saying that I, it felt like that's what it was, because we it was just about her and her family and no one else. Yeah. So like, it, it kind of felt like that, but I get, I get it. Okay, okay. Yeah, like if they had canceled Facts of Life, Norman Lear would have been like, <laughs> hey, do you want a show about a girl and her Italian-Polish <laughs> family in, in the Bronx? Well, I, I, God, I can't believe I just got those mixed up. That is so funny. So we begin our episode in a new location where we have never been before. It is the attic of Edna's Edibles. And whenever they get into the attic, you hear them trying to bust down this door, like to get into the attic, because mm-hmm. I guess the door's jammed or whatever. Yeah. And But they're doing this slow pan across the attic, like really establishing, this is a piece of shit place. Yeah, what, did, what, and, is, what, what were some items that jumped out to you? Because I made a list. You know what's funny? I didn't really notice items so much as I did look at it and go... This feels like I'm watching an opening to Fraggle Rock because I love Fraggle Rock. And in the opening, we have Doc's Workshop and it looks just, it's like the same film. It's the same 80s, like Uh kind of like, this is what an attic is on a soundstage. And I I literally wrote that down. I was like, it feels like I'm about, like they're about to bust open the door. It's going to be Fraggles walking in. (laughs) Like it felt super 80s and like dingy, like the end brown and stuff. Yeah. Just, um, well, all the cobwebs too. It's like, am I in the haunted mansion right now? Yeah. Is the bride going to be there and the portraits suddenly changing into skeletons? It was comically like, this is an attic. Yeah. There is a, a gigantic steamer trunk. There are big baskets hanging. There is a dress form. There are crates of books. There's a giant stuffed mounted fish on a wall plaque. <laughs> there is some upholstered furniture. There is old family portraits. There are tons of cobwebs over everything. Just, you know, things you might need. And I have one question about all of this. Why? Like, whose is it? Um, and how long has it been? Because didn't she buy that building? Okay, you have barely watched the show, Wesley, yeah, and you are it. asking this question, yeah. which is the question I'm going to ask. They started this shop in September of 1983. <laughs> it is now February of 1985. Wow. So for all intents and purposes, they have been there a year and a half. This looks like the uh, abandoned detritus of a life for a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, we forgot this room was here. Like, kind of (laughs) just junk. And the fact is that it is a livable space. Soon we are going to be dealing with uh, a person staying up there. But it's like, if this is livable space... Why are the four girls sharing one big ass bedroom right. when someone could have had some privacy? See, and I didn't realize that either because again, I haven't watched it in a long time, and I and I didn't watch this a lot in general. Um, so whenever they uh, getting to a little bit later, whenever they do like go to their bedroom and they're all in bed, I was like, wait a minute, 
he just moved in and gets his own room. Yeah. But they're sharing, like, this bedroom. Exactly. It's, what? <laughs> there is so much of that, so much head-scratching uh, stuff going on in this episode. Yeah. Um, but, yes, as you said before, there is trouble with them getting through the door. They cannot break through the door. It gets stuck. And you know what is blocking the door? Hmm. The gigantic credit that says, Ryan Cassidy as Kevin... Followed by Mackenzie Aston as Andy. These two new credits that have appeared at the top of the show just a few episodes ago. When mm. at no point ever in the whole series did you ever start a show with a text credit at the top of show. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. But we've talked about the weird deal that Ryan Cassidy must have w come up with. Now is Ryan Cassidy like one of the Cassidy family? I don't, I don't, I don't know Ryan Cassidy. I know Patrick Cassidy. I know um, uh, their mom was Shirley Jones. Mm -hmm. So I know, I know things, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't know like the whole Cassidy family. Okay, well the dad is Jack Cassidy. Did you see a resemblance? Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think he looks a lot yeah. like his dad. No, absolutely, sure. And um, and I have to pause one moment because one of my devoted listeners, Brian F pointed out on Facebook in a comment that we have Ryan Cassidy on the show and we had a reference to Sean Cassidy back in season three, <laughs> episode three, was called A Baby in the House. And one of the jokes was they had run out of diapers and so they grabbed Natalie's Sean Cassidy pillowcase. And there was a sight gag where they wrapped the baby in the pillowcase and so Sean Cassidy's face was on the baby's ass. I think that's the one I did with you, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it I, is. That's the one I did. That's, the, that's crazy. I was just going to say, and Wesley, do you know who my guest was? Oh, my God. That's the one I did with you. It that was, was the, That's the first one I did. That was the first one we ever did. So, yeah, it's funny that at no point it's like, wow, Kevin, you look a lot like Sean Cassidy. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was a point earlier last season where Joe came down from the quote-unquote attic with a crate of old milk bottles. And I forget what the context was, and I forget what the episode was, but I remember I pointed out where Joe said, Ah, it's a make. You're not going to believe what you find upstairs in the attic. There's these old things up there. And, okay. And it, like, it was like, well, wait, ho, what? I'm like, they just bought the building and moved there. Did they inherit this stuff with the building? Weird. I guess so. Well, I, I guess that that happens, though. Because, like, I mean, you know, um, I know in Mississippi... Uh, that's stuff that would happen, you know. They like, believe they're stuff in their trailers, right? In their trailers and their sheds, you know. Yep. And you just go, you know. But like, um, you know, like I think about uh, Beetlejuice. Like they just put all their stuff in the attic. Oh, you know. I mean, there there is a slim possibility that this is what they're they're trying to make the conceit of all of this. Yeah. And honestly, if they had said, "I can't believe we never cleaned this out." even after we've been staying here for a year and a half. It's just weird, especially yeah. if, like I said, it's a livable space and there are four adult women. Yeah. Well, two adult women, a 17-year-old and a 16-year-old. Yeah. Sharing one room and one bathroom. It just That's doesn't crazy. make sense. It um, one of my favorite things, though, is whenever they're busting open the door, um, I forget who says that. I think it's Blair. Um, they go, okay, we're going to do it. And they're like just hubbubbing. Hubbub and she goes, one, two, Three, and you're boom. And now I'm gonna go to the hospital. <laughs> and I was like, that was good. <laughs> it was very, it was timed impeccably. Yeah. Because it's Lisa fucking Welchel and she is all the everythings. How old is she at this point? 
in real life. And, and yeah, in the in the show in real life. In the show, she is twenty. In real life, she is twenty-one. She is hot. <laughs> he said, verifying that she is of legal age. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she looks great. She is. She and always... she's funny. And she's like, yeah, she's always pretty, but she's, she's... very funny. Her comedic Ugh. timing's great. She um, again, nothing about the show is subtle. But no. then she's especially no exception to that. No, but uh, not at she's all. really, they're all really good. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. And they're all there to clean out the attic with Andy in tow. We don't have Joe, we don't have uh, Kevin yet, but we have Blair, Tootie, Natalie, and Andy. How long ago did Andy come on the scene? Uh, about six or seven episodes ago. Okay, I thought it was a little bit more recent because I haven't seen him. And it is fascinating that this episode ends, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Kevin's going to move into the attic. There are going to be complications. And then at the end of the episode, I didn't remember that he's still there. Like, I thought they're going to kick his ass out. Is He's not going to be on the show much longer. Yeah. But like maybe... a, a Will Ferrell in the office situation. Like, you're here for a little bit. <laughs> but yeah. then we'll get rid of you. But yeah, at this point, this is his penultimate episode. He has one more, It's Lonely at the Top, which is coming up in, I think, two weeks? Probably because he's going to be lonely in the attic, which uh, is at the top of the building. I, 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 I see what they did there, probably. <laughs> Any all. But it is very, very weird that he sticks around, because I thought this was going to be a conveniently encapsulated episode. Hey, let's have him move in. Yeah. Well, that didn't work out. Let's have him move out. But right. he's still there. So you wonder if at this point, did the producers think he was going to be sticking around for a while? Like, was he going to be a, a long-term added character? Right. Clearly, they were thinking the same about Mackenzie Aston, And Mackenzie Aston is here for the rest of the entire duration of the series. That's that's Andy. Andy. Okay. The next three seasons. Well, you know what? I think that he, uh, again, I, I uh, haven't really seen him, but he has good comedic timing. And it hasn't even blossomed yet. Like, he's good here. Like, he ends up great. That's great. There's this bit where they're, um, they're dusting. And they're like, how do you use a feather duster? You know, like uh, with Blair and, and Blair Tootie. is like, yeah. how do you use a feather yeah. duster? And uh, Tootie's like, like this. You just go left to right. And she dusts the, the a trunk. And so much dust goes everywhere. It fills up the entire room. They, and they barely acknowledge it. And it's obviously baby powder or, co- <laughs> or, or cocaine. It's 85. <laughs> Probably cocaine. <laughs> and uh, the co- we both like to do cocaine. <laughs> and so she's sweeping it. And it just goes everywhere. And, and, and they don't react. There's no... It's there, just like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like, it's still settling five minutes later. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty pretty crazy. Awful idea. It doesn't get a bigger reaction. But uh, finally, through all the, uh, the... The premise of this is that Tootie says that they promised Mrs. Garrett they would clean out the attic while she was in Tucson. Yeah. Last we knew, Mrs. Garrett was off with uh, Ted, the man who she rekindled her high school romance with. They said that this is her new fiancé. Correct. They were going to get married very quickly, and then they quickly put the brakes on and just agreed to be engaged. So they've been on their kind of pre-wedding honeymoon in Canada for the last couple of weeks. Because you notice, no Charlotte Ray in this episode. She's gone. 
pre-wedding honeymoon. Yeah. Is that even a normal thing? It's a is sitcom it? thing. It's yeah. a sitcom Well, reality. and yeah, I noticed that she was gone, which was very disappointing because she's my favorite. Oh. So I was watching it and they said that. I was like, well, maybe she pops up later. No, no. Nope. I was I was cheated out of my Charlotte <laughs> Ray. I don't even get to do the impression because she wasn't there. Like nothing. No. But we can, we can do a little exercise if you want. Uh, <laughs> what happens is Joe and... Oh, I keep wanting to call him Ryan. Ryan Cassidy plays the role mm-hmm. of Ke- Ryan Kevin. Drives mm-hmm. me crazy. Um, so Joe and Ryan, <clears throat> nope. Joe and Kevin do. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Joe and Kevin do show up with the news that Kevin has been kicked out of his house. They don't really say why, other than he implies his roommates were big party animals, and yeah. because he was not, they k- kicked him out. That I'm was just weird. such a good squeaky clean. Willy nilly boy, you kick me out. Can I, I move a, in with you girls? I need a place to stay. I gotta look for an apartment. And so Joe <laughs> says, "Yeah, we, I'm, I'm gonna help him do that. That's why I can't help you with the attic." But very quickly, Joe looks around and says, "Wow, how interesting! A livable space." Mm-hmm. And the girls quickly see what's going on, and we have this kind of back and forth of. You can see Joe, the wheels are turning of, why couldn't he live here? And the girls are like, yeah, well, no one could stay here. Well, yeah. you know, we don't have a lot of space. Girl, do not fucking go there right. <laughs> until we discuss this. And it was played really well, too. I thought that was uh, the, the build-up to that. It was immediately obvious to the point to where, um, what, what did we say his name was? Ryan? Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin. Kevin uh, and that's why, um, to the point to where I'm like, Kevin must be the stupidest fuck Ever, which we kind of find he is kind of. Uh, he's just a little dumb. Um, but yeah. I'll use the word dim yeah, okay. is a good way to describe it. Um, but he, just like in terms of just standing there and seeing that body language and stuff, I just go, oh, I'll be leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, quickly say, we're, we're to, let's not do that. Let's discuss this. So then the four girls all retreat to their bedroom. And what it boils down to is Blair and Joe think that they should offer him to move in, mostly because Joe has been his buddy Mm -hmm. and Blair wants him to do the cleaning. They're like, come on, girl, when the cleaning's done, he's still going to be here. And Blair's kind of like, oh. And Tootie's going ape shit because she's like, what will people say? They're going to call us trollops. Trollops. In 85. Because again, this all Jewish writers, and they do make fun of that because... They, she goes, oh, no one says trollops anymore. She goes, well, they'll bring it back for us. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of funny. But uh, again. But at least they do acknowledge that Joe does bring up, no one uses the word trollops. And yeah. It, come on. But she's going crazy because of that. And to me, I'm sitting there like, um, you know, well, first of all, I wrote down, this is the plot of a porno. <laughs> because they're, they're like... Oh, the boy wants to move in. What will people say? Yeah. And then they all start waking up in the morning, seeing him in the kitchen, like one by one, going, "Well, this is." I know I'm gonna head, but like, this is how I look, and this is how I look, and I'm like, see, in each porno, it was like one fucks him in, in the kitchen, then they go to the bathroom, and he's like, "Oh, you're in the bathroom." Then he fucks the other one, and then like, you know, that's oh, what would be happening. Oh, I didn't happening. hear you in the shower with the water running. Right. It's like that's what like everything that they were saying leading up to that. I was like, well. I know where this is going. Uh huh. <laughs> there should be a porno called Man in the Attic. The Man in the Attic. Yeah. Or Ooh. in the basement. Hey. Hi, yo. <laughs> or uh, while we're talking about it. 
Do you know that there was a movie called Man in the Attic? I thought you were going to, why we're talking about it? Let's look at some porn. Let's look at some porn, Wesley. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're just a couple of guys just hanging around. What if, what if you know, just whip it out and start just rubbing at them, you know? Just a couple bros, bro. Just, you know, two guys, two dudes doing each other. It's not gay if I lay there. <laughs> <laughs> but Man in the Attic is the name of a film from 1953. It was based on The Lodger, which I assume was a short story or something. I don't know if it was a play, but Mm. according to the IMDb, after an enigmatic self-described pathologist rents the attic room of a Victorian house, his landlady begins to suspect her lodger is Jack the Ripper. Dun, dun, dun. Starring Jack Palance, Constance Smith, Byron Palmer. You know those people. And others. Anyone else in the cast? Uh, of, of notability. I, and I don't recognize anyone else in the nah. cast. But, I mean, it, yeah. Jack Palance starts staying in the attic. That's creepy. Yeah. But there is the most fascinating dynamic going on with Tootie, uh-huh. uh, getting back to the episode. Yes. Is that Tootie has taken on not one, but two archetypes that she has never, ever taken on before. Number one, we do have this whole, what are people going to think? A man living with us? That is scandalous. Uh, She doesn't want him standing in the kitchen shaving, not because of it being gross or inconvenient. It's because she doesn't want anyone, any of the neighbors to see him. What do the neighbors say? I'm like, they'll say, oh, he's shaving. Yeah, oh, there's a man. It's like... Which is kind of (sighs) weird, a man shaving at the window, but still. (laughs) Here's the thing. It was the 80s. It was weird. Like, typically, we still... there. So you're say, it was the 80s. Men stood at the window and men, shaved yeah, themselves. Yeah, exactly. We did. It was their pubes. But, <laughs> um, but no, in the 80s, there was still a lot of... Uh, we, we don't live together until we're married. Mm-hmm. Like, even though the 70s, the sexual revolution yeah. and Rhoda and all that stuff of people living together, shacking up, as they used to say, there was still an awful lot of stigma attached, or at least according to TV sitcoms. Yeah. The whole Three's Company thing of, oh my God, we can't just be a man and his two female friends living together. Yeah. People are going to assume that the women are whores and that they're all fucking. So, uh, weren't they? No, sorry. <laughs> no, he was gay, remember? So oh. nothing could be happening there. <laughs> And Don Knotts is homophobic. That's what we got from that show. But I swear (laughs) to God. There's a gay touching me. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) There'll be no (laughs) hanky-panky. But, oh, my God. Tootie, in addition to being this prude archetype, this what are people going to think, and oh, my God, our reputations, that's all we have to offer society is our virginity as women. <laughs> right. But she also is the archetype of uh, being the 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 taskmaster, the ball right. buster. Right. She's like, I have a list of the tasks of who is going to do what when we're cleaning this attic. Later, there's going to be a list of demands and requirements placed upon Ryan, mm-hmm. Kevin, I'm just going to call him Ryan or Kevin. I cannot well, separate you, you those that, names. You said that, and I did not bat an eye. I just went, okay. Ryan Kevin. <laughs> Ryan Kevin. Yeah. And Kevin just Ryan. a couple weeks ago, I, I, I said Brian with a B. 
It's like that is that's technically nobody. Shows David. how memorable he is for this series, though. Let's be real. Yeah, he's not that. Uh, well, I actually put like a little bit later. We're, we're not actually far from what I was going to say later, which he he gives uh, he drops a uh, some kind of a line, some kind of a joke, and it's fine. It's a funny enough line, but I I wrote down hot guy funny, <laughs> meaning like he gets a pass because he's hot for not telling that joke properly. Well, is it what's coming up here after the girls start talking about the pros and the cons? Tootie and Natalie seem to be against it. Natalie's just like we don't have room. Tootie's about reputation. Blair is like, well, maybe he could help around the house, and Joe is just like he's our friend and he needs help, and so they do. Um, put it to a vote. This little bit is cut from the syndicated version. And Mm. I'm very glad they did because while this vote is happening in the full-length version, I'm sitting here thinking, where is Mrs. Garrett in all this? What the fucking fuck? Well, in the syndicated version, they say, let's put it to a vote. Cut to Blair saying, there's no sense in taking a vote. It's Mrs. Garrett's choice to make. This that that's ah, a waste of time. Right, right, right. And I was like, okay, I like the syndicated version better. Mm. In yeah, this I, case. I didn't really remember what happens in between that because it was just a lot of. Well, well they you know. they count up the votes and there's like three for each, oh, even yeah. though there's four for them. It's like and Blair adds more, like uh, to say yes, like she added like a few more, like oh, I yeah. guess it's uh, who are those come from? You yeah, know? and it's two D again, Taskmaster two D that we've never met before mm-hmm. is the one that said let's put it to a vote. I've got the paper here, tearing it up into pieces. And she's rolling around on her rollerblades, like tearing them up and like you know <laughs> delivering them, like she's a sonic worker. No, she's uh, not on roller skates. <laughs> she it's needs been, to be. Been five years since. <laughs> roller skates catch up with the 80s wesley i don't know so they do say that she is on vacation with her fiance we knew from earlier she was in tucson and again but... i wrote rip off that's what i wrote oh yeah the fact that <laughs> we don't get she's her not yet. on here yeah well at this point charlotte ray is trying to test the waters of being in the show less i felt that I she's already it. appearing and feeling and is extraneous in a lot of the episodes and, and i know that um i know what happens with her and, and cloris leachman coming up and stuff like you know how she leaves and cloris leachman comes in i yeah. know about all that right we still have one more season season seven to fully make the break and then season eight begins with mrs garrett getting married to a different man mm. and then leaving just as her sister beverly ann comes into the uh the shop and all that and all um, right. yeah so but this is the beginning of testing the waters of shows without Mrs. Garrett, because at this point, Charlotte Ray did want out, but in her memoir, she did write, she didn't want to just leave. She wanted to leave the show strong enough to survive without her and yeah. make sure it and the girls were strong enough to carry it. Which is nice. That like, is very there's, sweet. There's so many uh, actors who just go, I'm done. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. Yep. But, um... So we have this uh, phone call that happens. A one-sided phone call. Yeah. So we don't get the other side of the phone call of, Mrs. Garrett, uh, you don't want a man to come and stay in the attic, do you? <laughs> well, they're like, tell her. Okay, the man is Kevin. <laughs> I think that was a yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I-, I would have gone a little more Seth MacFarlane with a... <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing you want a man in the attic no but it's it's ryan kevin <laughs> oh 
So there's your Charlotte Ray impression, ladies and gentlemen. That's You're a, that's how she appeared in the show. Except we didn't hear that at all. We just nope. heard silence. <laughs> yeah. And true, it's that whole thing of yeah, it is her fiance. It's he's about to be her stepson. He's about to be her family. Girls, you are not her family. Yeah. You're her family of choice, but uh, of course he would be welcome to stay and should be welcome to stay there temporarily. Yeah, yeah. For fuck's sake. Uh, and when they call her, they say, like, oh, I can't really hear you that well. Oh, oh, you're in the hot tub. Yeah. Which is, it is a funny visual. I'm in the hot tub, girls. <laughs> and Ted's in me. <laughs> I like to sit against the jets. <laughs> so with Mrs. Garrett's phone call, the decision is made that it is okay for Kevin to stay there. And so back to what you were saying earlier. This is where Kevin comes in and says, okay, girls, uh, number one, I'm just walking into your fucking bedroom. Creepy. (laughs) And uh, he says, I know you're having a discussion about whether or not you would like me to, but... And then he drops to his knees, grabs Natalie by the legs, and starts screaming, please let me stay here, please! Yeah, he's like, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. You know, I totally understand. Please let me stay and that's exactly what I wrote. Hot guy funny. Hot guy funny, yeah. Because I was like, that could have been... If you or I did that, they would have been like, eh. Yeah, they would be like, go, go a little harder. Can you go more? Yeah. You know, with him like, oh, yeah, you, aren't you hilarious? Now take your shirt off. Yeah. Uh, could, could you do that a little less unattractively? Could you do that a little more naked, please? <laughs> <laughs> that was a stage direction to Ryan Cassidy, not to me or Wesley, I assure you. <laughs> So the last thing I'm going to say is that watching this in the context of the rest of the season, Mm -hmm. there is still this question mark in my brain of, so are he and Joe a thing because they showed up together? Yeah. There was a couple of episodes ago where he and she were doing like, well, I'm going to the lecture that she wants to go to and she's coming to see the movie that I want to see. Well, yeah, and when they walked in from having not watched any episodes... Um, I immediately just figured that's what, oh, here's her new boyfriend. Because she also was like, oh, why don't you stay here? And they had, like, that thing. It seemed like they had the chemistry of, oh, we're here together. Okay, we're leaving together. You know, kind yeah. of like a, a thing, you know. And the resistance might have been like, a, it's not a good idea to have a guy you've just been started dating yeah, coming and yeah. live with you. That's weird. I mean, th- that's it. That whole energy was, was questionable. And uh, this will come into focus soon, thankfully. But, um... Then we go into the kitchen, and we don't get into the kitchen very often, but we have got Kevin shaving at the sink uh, in his bathrobe. Blair comes in with her hair in curlers and less makeup on. <laughs> yeah. I think we're supposed to believe it's no makeup. Honest to God, yeah. Lisa Welchel's so fucking gorgeous. That might have been no makeup. I mean, that is true. Uh, she's very pretty, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure she can go that no makeup route and be like, oh, are you wearing it? But at the same time, I did end up writing because all the girls end up in the kitchen at some point, And I wrote down... They're all, like, just rolling out of bed, and they're all wearing makeup. Like, yeah. I mean, but, you know, again, it's a sitcom. I get it. But at the same time, the whole, oh, I look awful. You look no different from the last scene. <laughs> what True. are you talking about? True. Except, you know, her hair is, like, in curlers, and the curlers are falling out comedically, you know. Oof, um, yeah. So. Yeah, Blair won't let it go when she's trying to sell this whole, well, this is what I look like. This is me in the morning. This, If you're going to be living here, this is what you're going to have to see. Yeah. 
and and kind of a so you don't have to fixate on it. We don't need to discuss it. And, and then part just... of the scene happens, and it comes back to her going, you know, I'm totally comfortable like this with no makeup on, and that like <laughs> yeah. Blair won't like drop she's it. She's still thinking about it. Hasn't heard a thing that's and gone none, by. No one else, and of all people, Kevin has the least shits to give about it. Yeah. Even though he and she were questionably a little bit romantically connected in the first episode we met him. Hmm. So there was confusion earlier in the season of, so is Kevin and Blair going to kind of maybe be a thing? And then it was like, oh, I guess Kevin and Joe are going to be a thing. And now, thankfully, if nothing else, what this episode gives us is clarity regarding the relationship, which we're coming up to here. Yeah. Um, And then uh, Tootie comes in, like, freaking out that he's shaving in front of the window, like we were talking about before. You know, like, what do people say? You know, all these things. Uh, Do you remember what she said? What? She said, I can see it in the tabloids. Guy shacks up with four easy women. Oh, right. Right. And then at one point she says, close your robe, and closes his robe because it was just open a little bit. Like, because his chest was, like, a little exposed. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but now what's funny is that she's going, close your robe and everything. And all these girls are walking in with these with these uh, nightgowns that look like they're from the Golden Girls. <laughs> they're literally like, draped in these big old like you know uh, fancy frou-frou things. And Tootie runs in, and what she's wearing is literally like a frock over a uh, like an old grandma bonnety like wristbandy. Like she's covered from head to toe with and wearing a scarf, a scarf, and, and I, a full length bathrobe. Yeah. It's like and it, it like literally covered, like from from neck to her yeah. toes, like covered, and um, and you know, and so are the other ones to whatever extent. But it's just to her like going, oh, people can see your body, and she's wearing something that's so conservative. It's like, well, I feel like that she has had a lot of episodes that would that contradict this reaction. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of times. <clears throat> where she wants to, uh, you know, go to the concert or do these things or be a teenager. And now all of a sudden, what do people say? Ooh. Last know? week, they were in Fort Lauderdale for spring break and Tootie was a party fucking animal. So like now, this week, I'm trying now, to be better with Jesus. Yeah. You know, like what? Exactly. This week, she's the fucking prude church lady with a clipboard. What yeah. the hell? Also, I wrote down uh, much earlier in the first scene, uh, they look 40. Yeah. The, Everyone they, did in the eighties. They really do. Everybody like they did. do. They did a pan to them, and I was like, they they look like adult women. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's so it, it's kind of weird. Matthew and I did an episode of Tattle Tales, the TV game show, uh-huh. on the last TV Talkaholics, and it was Nancy McKeon when she was dating Michael J. Fox the year before this. Nancy McKeon looks like she's 40. Michael J. Fox looks like he's 12. Right. Even though she's 17 and he's 22. Yeah. Um, So to continue this Golden Girls thing, mm -hmm. one of the visual jokes of this is Natalie does come into the kitchen last. Mm -hmm. And there's a definite extra something going on. Natalie is decked out. Natalie has been spending time. She is in a full bead of makeup. She's got a hair bow on. The big, long, drapey rock. This is, I put in my notes right there. You Uh see that? The Blanche Devereaux collection. Yes, that's exactly what she looks like. Rue McClanahan would have absolutely worn that. Yeah, she would have. Absolutely. And and that's that's around whenever I... um... Again, I wrote it again, kind of Golden Girls. But I also wrote a uh, Natalie bit. Uh, was very funny. It was. It was very funny. The, oh, I just rolled out of bed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was, and uh, they're like, why are you shaving at the sink? He's like, well, 
because I tried to get into the bathroom, but I kept knocking and nobody answered. And Natalie implied that she had been yeah, up. I guess I fell asleep. She had gotten up so early to get prettied up that she fell asleep in the bathroom. Because that is a question. The girls have a bathroom off of their bedroom, off yeah. to the left of the screen. But then in the hallway is the other bathroom that they do sometimes share and shower. Um, they share the, their time in the shower. They share the shower. You know, in the porno. Yeah. But as he leaves, um, so so thankfully we do have some justification as to why he's shaving at the kitchen sink. But speaking of his robe being open at the top, what what else do you, did you notice about that uh, bathrobe that he was wearing, Wesley? Um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I noticed that like it was a little open at the top. Uh, I don't know. I believe Will and Grace coined the term shorty robe. Oh, okay. It literally was like the mini skirt yes, of bathrobes. Yes. It was cut so that it, I'm surprised you couldn't see a little bit of the underside of his ball sack. <laughs> yeah, and, you're right. And that would have been okay with me. Let me, <laughs> let me just make sure that's very clear. But it is so bizarre. Like, it's one of those where like, okay... Unless you are at the Playboy Mansion about to step into the hop tub with Jimmy Conn and Ali McGraw. <laughs> you, you do not have... Uh, there is no sense of... One of the Will and... Again, Will and Grace is what comes to me because they made many jokes about Will having a shorty robe. Mm-hmm. At one point, his mother, the wonderful Blythe Danner, comes in and just walks into the apartment. He's like, Mom! You need to knock before you come in. I could have been naked. And she says, you mean it's possible for you to be wearing less clothing? (laughs) (laughs) But it is so clearly a robe that they had a fitting for to make sure it fell just under his ass, just (laughs) under his junk, because you could see all the way to the very, very tops of his legs and thighs. <laughs> I don't know why. It reminds me of that line from uh, Adam's family, which, of course, is, is more suited to Morticia. But, like, uh, her, with whatever this said, uh, and her dress cut down to Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one was cut up to his neck. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, I mean, you, you could justify it in a way of, like, maybe it was one of the girls' bathrobes. Or the, I don't fucking know. <laughs> or Mrs. Garrett's. And, yeah, totally. Okay, and, okay we, we, uh, this is something I started to, to talk about earlier. We, this is a good moment to pause and say nothing has been said or spoken of regarding the living arrangements when Mrs. Garrett and Ted come back. It's like uh, yeah. we already were questioning this in the episode where they were going to be married. At this point, they're just engaged. They're going to be uh, on their own. Girls, hit the streets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, so the question mark of, oh, sure, it, it makes sense for Kevin to move into the attic because Ted will be moving in too? Yeah. Maybe? Because yeah. uh, Mrs. Garrett does live there. Mrs. Garrett lives there. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and she also, um, in case you forgot, Wesley, has a retail store attached there that... Yes is supposed to be open for business though I have no fucking clue who is manning the store. Yeah, there's no there's none of that in this show. None of that. I want to do a re-edit with just a line at the cash register out the door and nobody <laughs> and just people like craning their necks and looking around each other looking like through the is there <laughs> while you see them in their bathrobes but, arguing the, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there is a huge 
who's minding the store factor yeah. in this episode, bigger than uh, others uh, in the past where they've had that problem. But at the very least, there were scenes where not everybody was in all the scenes. This is one where it's like they're all there. Yeah. All of them. So I, I don't know what's going on with that. They just didn't give that any thought. Um, so then we go to the bedroom at night. And the girls are asleep. We pan across the bedroom. And suddenly there's some weird hammering noise and then some loud music. And so Joe takes it upon herself to go upstairs because it's clearly something coming from the attic. Blair stirs. And there's this hilarious moment where Blair's like, huh, huh, what, what, what was that? And Joe just says, never mind, Blair. Go to sleep. It's a dream. I'm in your dream. Go back to sleep. <laughs> And I wanted Blair to say, but you're not eating my pussy right now. <laughs> no. That one's from Matthew. That was a Matthew joke. So then we get into the attic, and he's having trouble with the the stereo or whatever. He yeah, said, oh, I can't get the stereo turned down. I'm so pretty and stupid. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's our, and then Kevin, that's our, that's our light motif for him. And then Joe, with one button press, turns off the music. No, no, she she unplugs it from the wall. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah, she just goes, like, unplugs it. And he goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe does... You do understand why Joe was the one who quickly leapt into action. Because she's the one saying, look, you are staying here, yeah. and we're really not getting off on the right foot. What are you doing? Hey, 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 hey. Bada boom, bada, boom, bada, bada bing. bing. <laughs> Don't make me call the family on you. Come on, hey. hit the street and get a meatball. Know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, no, but so she's in there, and um, she goes, what are you doing? And he goes, it's funny because his line is, I couldn't sleep. I guess I'm excited about you know moving in or whatever. But the way And he's... she says, Excited? Ooh, I can see how excited you are from your shorty robe. But it's funny because he says, couldn't sleep. And then, like, his face and his mannerisms and everything, and the walking away from her and looking at the ground, he goes, I guess I'm excited. I was like, are you angry? Are you about to? And I thought that he was about to go, I don't know. I guess I'm not fitting in. But it wasn't that at all. So I was like, I wrote down, seems like you're the opposite of excited. Yeah, some of the line readings are weird and how shall I say? Very similar to many other of the line readings. Oh, I think you're going to say very similar to a lot of community theater productions that I have seen. Ooh. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. But I let's have, be real, too. <laughs> there's nothing bad about community theater. I have been a part of many bad community theaters. Oh, I was about to say. And contributed to the badness myself. Yes. There's uh, some great ones. Those great ones. But, um... But, but yeah, let's just say that uh, levels are not really being achieved yet. No. But no. people do need to find their footing, and Mackenzie Aston is a great uh, example of this because he still, there's a timid little boy factor going on. Even though you, you're you saying you, you get it, you see that there's something there. Yeah. The, the there that is there is so much more there later. Yeah, where, well, it's just like um, uh, uh, Natalie, like in the early episodes, you know? Oh, yeah. You're geez. like, oh, she's really bad, but you can see where she's good. Yeah. And she obviously, by, at this point, is like, she, she's got it. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally, yeah. Um, it's funny, though, because she tries to, like, they, they talk, chit-chat, and she's like, okay, well, I guess we're done here with this little thing. And she starts to leave. But she knocks over a lamp or breaks a light or something? No, she, uh, 
oh yeah, I guess that maybe happened. But the thing is, she tries to leave out the door, and the door's jammed because you know it goes back to the yep. opening of it being jammed. Call back, hey. and she can't get out, and she just like kind of like jiggles it for a while, and she just goes like ugh. And like throws her arms in, and starts walking back over to him. And she, I wrote that. Guess I gotta sleep with you. <laughs> Move over. Gee, what's that poking me? Yeah. <laughs> he rigged that door. You yeah, know, he did. He goes, oh, I've been meaning to oil it. <laughs> it's like, it's okay. like yeah, yeah. I, I got something else you can oil. Porn is just the thing. There's just a lot you. of. This is the porny episode. We're, it is. We're gonna come because up with all the porns. Then immediately. After that, she kind of like shrugs and then walks over like, ah, this is such a frustrating night. And she sits down like on the the trunk that they have sitting there. And he sits down right next to her and goes, you know, I'm really sorry for making things hard around here. But, but, and like immediately you see it. Immediately yeah. you know what's happening. And you know, I really, really appreciate you helping me out. Yeah. And they kiss. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the kissing, the kissing. Oh, oh, and also whenever the, the door is jammed, she does call for help for, for Blair. Mm-hmm. She goes like, Blair, Blair, wake up. This uh, isn't a dream. I'm trapped with a man. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? I'm your property. Come get me. <laughs> save, Don't you care? Save your girlfriend. <laughs> but um, uh, <laughs> so then like when while they're kissing... Blair walks in and goes, oh, was somebody screaming? For- oh, I guess you don't need any help. And then yeah. she started to walk away. And it was the whole, ah, no, no, uh, totally, Blair, I didn't. And she leaves with, with her. Also, um, uh, something else that I forget to mention that I think plays in. He says, yeah, you know, and the thing is that I can hear everything you guys are saying in your bedroom because there's a vent up here. Through the vents. And, and I can hear you guys through the vents. And he's like, so maybe I, and because that's how he knows that they don't really like him. Yeah. And so they go down to the room, and Blair's like, oh, well, what were you doing in there? And because all the other girls are asleep, and she goes, well, it's not a thing, it's nothing. Then why were you kissing him? And they all shoot up at it, kissing him, kissing what? him. What? Yeah. What? Horny Natalie. Horny's yeah. like, they're like, Natalie, go back to sleep. She's like, kissing him? I'll lose sleep for this. Yeah. <laughs> Again, her perfect Borscht Belt timing. She's yeah. fucking amazing, and always the horny one. Yes. Yep. Um. So Joe uh, comes out with, thankfully, as opposed to this typical sitcom thing of, I don't know what it is, and I'm so confused, and blah, 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 which is really what I kind of expected of this show. Joe does state, what am I going to do? I don't like him. Yeah. And they say, what do you mean? You hang around him all the time. How do you not like him? And she's like... I just like him as a friend. I don't like him romantically. And now, clearly, the poor guy is stuck on me. Yeah, and she literally says, I don't like him that way. I was just trying to be a pal. Yeah. And I'm like, that's such a lesbian thing to say. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's like my bra. You know, I just, I saw he was having a bad night. I gave him a hand job. No, I'm no foul. (laughs) (laughs) We just knocked back at a couple of brewskis. (laughs) Right. So it was like no big deal to her, but yeah, you're right. She's trying to figure out like what she what didn't get. Yeah, and she does say something along the lines of, um, "I guess I overreacted or something." And then he goes, "Yeah, you did. I can still hear you, by the way." Like there's some like bit. There. Yeah, there's something where he's uh, those like, "Fuck, he like, can hear us." And he's like, "She goes, cover up the vent," and you hear him covering it up, and they cover up their side. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he doesn't hear the "I just think of him as a friend" stuff. They are yeah. they are whispering because it's like he it's can hear that. us. Yeah. It's, and someone even says, "What? Why are you whispering? It's not like he can hear you." Yes, he can. Oh, that's what it is. And he goes, "Yes, I can." That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. But um, the the scene ends with a bizarre joke. 
is that to wrap up and button this little scene with, okay, here is now the quandary. A kiss happened. Joe thinks he's infatuated with her now, and she knows she is not interested in him. So it ends with Blair saying, one thing that bothers me, out of all of us, he picked you. And they all go, hmm. <laughs> but, but again, he picked you. That sort of thing like, Ew. On, either on one hand, it's the, you're the ugly, unattractive one among the four of us. Yeah. Or... Clearly, he has a thing for dykes. Yeah. Um, I thought the same thing. I was like, that's that's like a weird he one. He picked you. Wow. Is his is his gaydar off? Well, even like for that time, I thought, I was like, it's not even like, it's, it's just not funny. They were like, how do, how do we get out of this? I don't know. Oh, he picked yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd all rather fuck Blair, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like in the writer's room. <laughs> yeah, and again, and Blair, there have been times when... when Blair has lobbed the insult at Joe sure. for many different ways, but there are times when Blair has been like, I don't have to look at your ugly face again, like full on calling yeah. her ugly to her face. So I guess it goes back to that, but again, it's just, it's not funny. It's just a put down. Yeah. yeah. There, there's nothing creative about it. And yeah. this is just so weird. Like, just a weird. reminder Joe's not the pretty one. So isn't this bizarre? What is this upside down day? <laughs> So then we have a little scene in the kitchen. Wesley, you watched the DVD version. Uh Uh-huh. This entire scene was cut from the syndicated version. Oh. So nobody listening who saw the Daily Motion version is going to know what we're talking about. And the scene is very extractable and unnecessary. Yeah, when you say that, you're right. It is. Tootie and Natalie Mm -hmm. and Blair are in the kitchen. Andy is peeking out into, I guess, the store and giving a report that they're talking. She's saying something. I'm trying to read her lips. This is is where I wrote that he had good comedic timing. This is where I wrote it. Because there's something, I don't even remember what it was, but he just turned around and had this smarmy look of like, "Eh, that's what I do. He like had some kind of line. I was like, that was really good delivery. (laughs) Yeah. So apparently Blair coached Joe in terms of body language and ways to let a boy down. Oh, okay. Because because Blair has had to break up with many many boys over the years. <clears throat> yes. Um, so uh, Andy's exit line is, "Yeah, no one asked me to come and live in the attic," and they're like, "Andy, you have a home until <laughs> we decide that your parents are dead and you're an orphan, so Cloris Leachman adopts you." Yeah. But, uh, for <laughs> okay. the for this episode, Andy, you have a home. Yeah. And then he says, "Yeah, but living with four women, my friends would gain a whole new respect from me." That's what it was, I think. That's what it was, I think. Where I was like, good comedic time. But even then, I thought like, oh, what a, what a joke. He's uh, 11. Yeah. He's you know, like... if I mean, but you know, like even when I was a kid and stuff, like around 11, 12 and stuff, while well, I certainly wasn't going, I need to live with some women. Um, yeah. If, if I were in such a situation and I'd be like, ah, oh, my friends would be impressed that I'm hanging out with three teenage girls. I'd probably think that. But he does. He, he right. hangs out with, with four teenage girls and a 60-year-old. So, so you're saying that in general that like his friends should have enough respect for him because he's hanging out with them. Yeah. Okay. Like he could be lying and saying he's fucking all of them. He doesn't have to live there. <laughs> right. First we, first we watch Disney Channel. <laughs> so then Joe enters and wow, we are not prepared for this entrance. Because last week and the week before, we already had many, many felts that needed to be filled about 
the 1980s fashion disaster of the onesie. The onesie. Joe is wearing a light gray onesie. And it's, I'm not sure if it's the same one she wore when they were in Fort Lauderdale, because they wore a lot of long sleeve, long legged onesies. Um, it does nothing for her body. I think it makes her body look like a Teletubby body. It's funny. You know, I didn't, I don't remember what you're talking about. I didn't recognize her outfit at all. Oh, yeah, look at that. I don't know. I think that's kind of attractive in terms of like a, a retro 80s look. Like if a. But there's no waist in it. The you're, fact you're it's right. like tie it needs a, a belt. belt. It needs a belt. It yeah. needs a belt. Just need a big, big belt and cinch it. Um, but what happens is Joe comes in and apparently she wasn't able to quite say what she wanted to say. Right. And then he comes in and is like, hey, do you want to go out later? And she's like, I can't. And. One of our favorite things, sitcom lying. Yeah. No, I can't. I, I got a needlepoint group I go to. It's like a knit. Yeah, that's what knitting, knitting, knitting or needlepoint. Oh, it was like a knitting um, convention. She says I can't uh, go out, and I have other plans. And he's like, Oh, well, maybe I could tag along. And she says, No, it's a quilting bee. Yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> I'm, that's I'm, the ticket. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing a little uh, enhancement there. That's... No, but that's but you're right. Like, I mean, uh, a quilting bee. It's like, ugh, um, come on, fuck for fuck's sake. And you know, again, sitcom trope. Yes. Uh, ultimately, though, she like she walks in. She goes, "He asked me at the lunch. What did you say?" I said, "No way." And then he comes in and goes, "Hey, you want to get dinner?" I'm like, either he can't take a hint. Yeah. If she did say no way. Or she's going to her friends going like, yeah, I, I dropped that guy. But in reality, she doesn't have the guts to go, I just don't like you. Um, which I will admit, uh, I, I've experienced uh, being being a guy. Like the whole like mixed signals of girls not just wanting to go, oh, I just don't like you. Yeah. And the whole like, maybe we'll go, yeah, maybe we will. And I feel that I have always been pretty good at being able to read that stuff and just going, yeah. okay, cool. I can tell this is bullshit. Yeah. But um, – but also, I have fallen victim to it uh, a couple times where I'm like, no, okay, no, she said she wanted to hang out. And then like a week Just later. Just not this week because yeah. she's got a lot of stuff going on. Right, right. And then like yeah. a week later, I'll be like, oh, yeah. no, she doesn't so want to hang out. So three weeks later. Yeah, well, then her cat was sick. Right. And then, <laughs> yeah, well, then, you know, her, her brother was in town from Phoenix. and Right. Yeah. So like, you know, that whole thing. But again, um, so I get that. And that is a very real thing. But... If any girl said to me, I have a quilting bee. Again, this is where I call uh, her dumb. Yeah. Not dim. Dumb. Dumb, yeah. <laughs> so it ends with this uh, lie being told, and I am sorry. I call bullshit. If there is anyone on this show who is capable of being direct and doesn't have any fucks to give, it is Joe. Yeah. There yeah. is no reason why she wouldn't have marched back up to the attic that same night and said, hey, that kiss thing that just happened, I don't know what happened or why, but just so you know, I don't think it should happen again and I'm not interested in you. I can see that. I can also see the fact that, like, you know, they've built up this friendship between them that she doesn't want to damage and stuff too. Um, I know what you mean, but I, I think that, like, if she had a little bit less to lose, she would march up there and just be like, no. Mm -hmm. But I feel like she feels... 
she has to guard him in some way because not only is it her fault that he's there, but yeah. they've, they've been such good friends and she wants to keep that. Yeah, and she's got to protect his ego because protecting yeah. the ego of the man really should be the most important thing on any woman's you know, agenda. That's the, I think that, and also why isn't she making him food? Mm-hmm. She's in a kitchen in this scene. When he walks in, mm-hmm. she should go right to the sandwich. <laughs> I don't understand. Edna's edibles. <laughs> right. Pop two, bitch. <laughs> Stupid. So, um... Uh, the scene just kind of peters out, and then yeah. the next scene is him in the girl's bedroom. Again, creepy. <laughs> but he did later say there was no room. Trying to be nice, he has done their laundry for them, including a sweater of Blair's, which is dripping with water, soaking wet, yeah. and later referred to some underwear that Tootie, again, Tootie the prudy, yeah, is like, you what? You touch my, yeah. you do not touch my underwear. My private things, those are private. And she gets just so angry Yeah, she says, some of those things are so private, even I don't know what they are. Yeah, and which... which that's funny. I yeah, know. you know. Um, it's, it's absurd, but it's funny. But he says to her, he goes, he, he just goes, but and she goes, no, don't touch it. And he pulls it up and it's just sneakers. She goes, oh, well... The sneakers, I guess that's okay. He goes, yeah, there's a lot of room along with these bras and panties. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking funny. (laughs) (laughs) Then they just go, ugh. Yeah. So he leaves and the girls are like, he has got to go. He cannot fuck with our laundry. He cannot invade our privacy. If he doesn't get that, no. And Joe says something like, guys, you, you just need to be direct with him. Like, I'm going to be later when I talk to him. Yeah. Because somehow... There's been no time to have any of this. Yeah, uh, and you know, also I want to say uh, about um, Blair. She uh, again, her costume. She walks in, and I wrote down Jerry Seinfeld chic uh, ah, because she has like just this blue button up, like a stand-up comedian. Like she looks like she's wearing the top of a suit, but uh, yeah. or, you know, uh, like Jerry Seinfeld would, like on a, on a set. Like you see that? Yeah. Like that's no, literally it... like something that he wore yeah. on his show. Yeah, Blair is wearing a green <laughs> skirt, solid green skirt, and then a solid blue, light, uh, almost tealy blue top, massive shoulder pads, and then a skinny black tie. Yeah. It's Which, weird. It is weird. But again, um, that retro thing of like if I had, if a woman like her walked in and I saw her wearing that, I'd immediately go, ooh. Yeah. Something about that is attractive and something about that is like, uh, I think still looks good. Yeah, um, it's, you know, it's a, a clean a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not a certainly not a modern look, but it's yeah. at least it's got clean. And you know why? It's because the lines of it are flattering. Oh yeah. What sure, we're finding yeah. is other things where there's no flattering lines or the fit of things. Like in the same scene, Natalie's wearing a sweater with a V neck. It's fine. It opens up the neck, but the the gather of the sweater is resting on her hips and then there's a pleated skirt underneath yeah. in pink and Tootie's it's wearing this like yeah, yeah that sweater that's like you know bunching her up yeah with like a yeah. mock turtleneck uh teal and again she's like covered from head to toe she's like a nun in this episode yeah you're <laughs> right my god she may as well have a burka on yeah <laughs> um so then it's like yeah i'm gonna go talk to him later and we can kind of iron all this out and then wesley one of the mostest, bizarrestest things happens. In between this bedroom scene and the next scene up in the attic, during the dissolve, we hear this. Oh, hi. What in the holy fuck of all fucks? <laughs> Just is- that transition. It's like they said, uh... We need a transition. Well, you know, my uh, 
my reverend mother from who plays the piano at church <laughs> is here visiting the set. Can you want to just plunk out a couple notes? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 fine if they did this at all. We've been tracking this. Well, okay, I've been tracking this all season where some episodes have had uh, a little bit of music at the beginning. Yeah. Some of it's been uh, with like, you know, a drums and a flute. Some of mm-hmm. it has had a little bit of electric guitar going. This episode had nothing at the beginning. And it has nothing at the end. And why that scene to this scene? Why not that at the end of before yeah. the commercial? The commercial happens during the middle of the kiss, by the way. Yes. I mean, the beyond puzzling artistic choice to say, you know, what's missing? This episode, there's something wrong about Need piano music. The facts of life are all about you. Bing. <laughs> Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. <laughs> I mean, it may as well be all in the fucking family, really. Yeah, yeah but so she goes to him, and she's uh, telling him, like, she, she's um, saying, oh, well, there was no Quilton B. Yeah, she Turns does out. fess up about the quilt. Yeah. I know you're not going to believe it, but I don't do no quilting. <laughs> um, I'm more into tech and stuff, you know? I'm, into... <laughs> I'm, I'm more into lube and a carburetor, <laughs> if you <laughs> know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but as Joe is kind of waffling, again, of all people, for Joe not to be able to say, I like you as a friend, and I'm afraid I'm going to hurt your feelings when I say yeah. I don't want to be more than friends. Which I think she's starting to get there. She is just very, ah, uh, you know, uh, it's but, just that, but, uh, Hey, you, you know, know. Uh, uh, don't have a vagina. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, and then when she's, you know. But then while she's talking, this uh, this girl walks in oh. behind her. Just this girl we've never seen. A very pretty girl. Very pretty girl. Very uh, pretty blonde girl. And she looks at her, she's like talking in like, hey, and the, hey. And um, she says something along the lines of like, and I and the and who are you? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was played really well. Um, yeah. And then he's like, um, oh, this is my new. This friend. is Diane. Oh no, this is um. And she says, Diane. Mm-hmm. I met her at the drugstore. I like pie. I mean, there's just such a <laughs> yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? The, yeah. Again, the dimness that is written into yeah. the character of Kevin. This is one of those moments. I met her there. Cool, right? Yeah. She's over here now. This isn't a line from the show, but I wish it had been. She went downstairs, and look, she brought cheese. <laughs> because yeah. she did. It's like, oh, cheese that's going to go bad because it ain't selling because Edna's Edibles isn't open, apparently. Right. So no one's minding it, yeah. the fucking store. Well, that's the thing is that she, um, she comes up, and then immediately she's like starting to leave uh, Joe. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I see you. You got your your, your, your yeah. person. And you, you uh, oh, yeah, of course, I, yeah. Diane would be the yeah. way of. Um, yeah. He says uh, he says something along the lines of, "Oh, she said something about like I'm the best," or he says she's the best. I forget what it is. Something about the best, because yeah. then she says to the girl, uh, "Yeah, you sure are," <laughs> and which made me go again. Yeah, you sure are. I wish you was you was my girlfriend. <laughs> or, I want to be you. I want to be inside you. I want your skin on me. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I just want to cut your hair off and put it on my hair. <laughs> so, any hoozle, 
We're back to the girls' bedroom. Good God, there's a lot of fucking scenes in this show. Yeah. Tootie and Natalie and Blair are writing down rules. Guess who is spearheading this? Tootie. Mm-hmm. Tootie, you know she loves her lists. Tootie loves her organization and cracking the whip like she's never, ever fucking done before. Yeah. Um, so then Joe comes in and is like, he's got a girl up there. Yeah. And Blair's like, sounds to me like somebody's jealous. And Joe's like, I think you're the one that's jealous. And Blair says, show me how jealous you are, Joe. And then she throws her down and tears off her. No. And Tootie and uh, Natalie are like, we'll just be going out to the... We're going to go open the store. No, Natalie's in the corner going, I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> so then, um, through the magic of the vents... Kevin calls her up to his room. Do we, we end up back in the room? Yeah, we yeah, end up back in the room. Back upstairs, yeah. So then he comes in and he does say, I apologize, that wasn't considerate of me. Um, and then it's this is the finally the talk that needed to happen. Yeah, yeah. Where she's like, I just don't want you to get your hopes up. And he says, well, Joe, we have the best time. We go out, we hang out. And she's like, yeah, that's friends. And he says, yeah. well, when I meet a girl that I like a lot, we can start as... Um, again, I can't deliver these lines but without he, going into my slightly dumb guy voice. Well, but because he, he's, he's an idiot. Because he literally says, I can start as friends, but it can never just be that. Like, meaning I can't be friends with girls. I yeah. either fuck them or, I'm not, or they're not my friends. Yeah. It's a very, really shitty thing to do and say. And, uh, and again, you know, the 80s, whatever, that was charming or whatever the fuck then. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but it, he's like, that's just how things work. Yeah, As in, right. like, it's like, well, no, that's clearly how you work. You know, and... penis goes in vagina and baby yeah. come out. Yeah. <laughs> me, Joe, me want fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, Joe is like, well... You're going to get over it. I don't even remember what the fuck she says well, in response to that. she said something like, well, like, you know, we can still be friends. And if it's not that, then you're not my friend. Some shit like that. But he goes, okay, does this mean we can still kiss? That's right. That's right. And she goes like, no. Yeah. And then he goes, how about hand stuff? No. And, no. and she goes, no. And he goes, how about butt stuff? And she no. goes, no. He goes, well, you can peg me. And she's like, well, okay, now I'm interested. Yeah. You could just sit down and my face could happen to be underneath the cushion. Just watch me jerk off, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's really racy writing for 1985, I well, have to say. Well, it was an after-school special. They had to let the kids know these were the <laughs> hard questions they were going to be asked. <laughs> so. Oh, dear. So, very quickly, this scene changes gears when the other girls come up. Because, again, no one's watching the store. <laughs> and they come in and they're like, okay, we have our list. And he's like, what list? The list of all of the conditions mm-hmm. of your living here. So it's like, number one, the beep. What do you mean the beep? There's no room on the answering machine for his name before the beep. So he doesn't get to be on the answering machine. Yeah, he's number like, one. <laughs> and they go, number two, uh, pets, no pet. Number three, don't touch our laundry. Well, the, the, the thing I like about the pets thing was that don't pets, he goes, pets. Uh, and uh, Blair comes forward and goes, I want my cows back. Yeah, the cows, on the, the cows sweater, on the sweater. Yeah. The sweater had cows I thought that was really it. funny. I forgot about that. Yes. And then while they're doing this list, we dissolve to an exterior shot of Edna's Edibles. You know, that store that doesn't appear in the show at all? Yeah. Right. This, this episode. Uh, and we hear the list continuing. Oh, oh, and it's evening time. So it was apparently daytime before. Now it's evening. We hear crickets chirping. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's darker. Uh, clearly it's after dark. And we hear the list continuing. 
Like and rule number 36. Uh, the, uh, the thing was, it was that they, she said, uh, you can't, basically you can't use our bathroom on Friday nights or whatever. You have to go across the street and use the Texaco station. Because he goes, I guess I can go there. And she goes, we'll give you a key with a block on it. And Healer goes, ha, 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 fade out. Yeah. I was it, like, what? I was writing, and I heard the fade out, and then, I was like, oh, wait, it's over? Oh, shit, okay, um, I'm finishing my notes. Yeah, and the joke is supposed to be, oh, it's so much later in the day, because it's night, and yeah. there's a number 37 on the list. What were the other 35 things that we didn't hear? Yeah. <laughs> Wacky. <laughs> but it ends with that, so I guess he's staying. I guess this is what's... Uh, okay, this is the show that we think we're presenting to America. And then he's in one more episode, and then I guess after that they went, ah, fuck this. Let's, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know what happens with Ted. I didn't remember there being any reference to Ted, his dad, Edna's fiance. So I'm looking forward to uh, hearing how and if they, number one, get rid of Kevin. Yeah. But then where does Ted exit the picture or does he just not get mentioned after a certain point? And when does Ryan leave? Uh Kevin is Ryan. Oh right. They're right, the same right, person. Right, right. Yeah. Speaking of bad. speaking of Dim Wesley. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that's another episode I uh, on the scale of episodes like dislike I try to do kind of a final what do we think about this? What do you think? I didn't. I didn't hate it. It just. Um. It wasn't. It seemed like if that episode had never happened, we'd be okay. Yeah. I enjoyed it just because I also haven't watched it in a long time. Yeah. And this just, was. This was fine. This kind yeah, of falls into the middle range. I didn't hate, hate, hate it because yeah. there weren't a lot of logistical show bible problems. Right. There was a lot of having to explain some stuff, and yeah, the pre- probably the worst part for me. The presence of that attic, what that attic is, where the shit came from, that's that's kind of probably the thing I would have the biggest problem Down with. Down to Charlotte Rays. <laughs> Down to Frag a Rock. Uh, on that note, Wesley, thank you for coming back onto the show. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, this won't be the last time. And uh, <laughs> all I can say, Wesley, smooches and goodbye. Bye-bye. So then I'm going to play the music right here. Right now? And then I'm going to keep recording. Yeah, yeah. So then I'm going to keep recording like you're not here. Okay, okay. okay. Mama say mama. mama, And and there you have... Okay, then. (laughs) And there you have it. That was Wesley Slade. Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 6, Episode 22, called The Last Drive-In. You can watch the show for free at dailymotion.com. I will post the link in the show notes and on this episode's webpage. That is all for now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was created, produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Visit my website, facethefactspod.com, for supplemental photos and videos, audio extras from the digital cutting room floor, links to my social media, and ways that you can support the show financially. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever fine podcasts are found. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>